Austin, Texas myself. It seems like you're about the fifth photographer, I think, from Austin, Texas or based in Austin, Texas. So there's obviously something in the water there that helps people be immensely talented. So congratulations on, well, congratulations to anyone that's not living in England, but certainly congratulations uh, for living somewhere that has such a um, amazing plethora of fantastically talented people. Uh, before we go into your body of work, your directorial style, uh, your retouching, all sorts, before we go into any of that, let's talk about uh, why it is that you first picked up a camera. So what made you want to be a photographer? There's lots of different ways you could be creative. Why photography? Um, well, I, I'm I'm pretty creative in a lot of other avenues as well. I am uh, a musician. Uh, I'm an actor. And... I always liked the freedom I, I had with even just an iPhone before I, you know, before I, I picked up a camera, uh, just to kind of, you know, capture the world through my own, my own, uh, just how, how I perceive things. Right. And, um, my, my wife and I had started a, uh, a, a t-shirt company and it was just a side project. Um, we wanted to just, we, our, our goal was to raise money for at-risk youth programs. And, uh, we ended up teaming up with this organization called fly out of San Francisco. And specifically they help kids coming out of, uh, juvie. Uh, like the statistic is crazy. It's something like something close to 90% of kids that go to some sort of juvenile detention center in the U S anyway, wind up in prison later. So whatever right. they're doing isn't working. Yeah. Um, and so there are some, some really great organizations to help, uh, you know, help, help change that. And, and we really like that. So we made these t-shirts and most of our, um, it, it, it was doing really well and all of our sales were coming through Instagram. And so we were sending out a lot of, t-shirts to, to influencers and, and things like that. But we decided it'd be a little bit more economical to take our own pictures. And so we started trying to do th some things with the iPhone and it just wasn't cutting it as far as quality. So it was my excuse to, <laughs> um, to, to pick up a camera. And, uh, we, I, we, we decided on the, it was a Fuji XT20, just sort of like a beginner travel camera um, in the Fuji line, anyway. And uh, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, we the T-shirt company became too much for for either of us to handle. It was it was more than more than um, a side project. So we we kind of stopped it altogether. But. But I kept the camera and, uh, and I, I got a kind of crash course in, in taking, in taking photography of, of, of people. I think before that, before the t-shirt company, um, things I was interested in were more like insects. I, I took a lot of pictures on my phone of, of bees, of like bees and, <laughs> and landscapes, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of insects, but human beings are far more interesting. <laughs> to me now now they are anyway yeah i mean it's uh it's an interesting dynamic with photography it's a lot, i don't know obviously in america i've never lived there i didn't grow up in america but in england a lot of people buy a camera as like a social crutch as like a way of meeting people and a way of 
of getting out there. And it's like an incredibly antisocial thing to have, especially of recent, because if you walk around with a camera, generally speaking, people put their guard up, uh, you know, why has that guy got a camera? What's he up to? So um, it's kind of the anti-social crutch that is, you know, the, pers- the person that's holding it thinks it's helping and sometimes it's not. Um, and I've noticed a lot of people that when they get into photography, there seems to be a little bit of a, a divide. Some people immediately want to photograph people. People photography is where they want to go. That's the most important thing. And then if you don't want to photograph people, you're almost so against it that it's, it's almost repulsive to you, the idea of photographing people. Um, I don't know whether that's down to like a nerves thing or maybe just a hatred of the human race or something. I don't really know what it is, but um, what is it that you enjoy so much about photographing people in particular? Well, it's funny that you say that because I was when I first, um, you know, would take pictures of things. I enjoyed taking pictures, but I I thought it would be so stupid (laughs) to take pictures of people. I thought um, that that was that that was so far away from from anything that I ever thought I would photograph. And it, I, I was forced into it through the, you know, through the t-shirt thing. And now it seems silly otherwise. <laughs> now taking pictures of, of anything other than, than human beings is, um, is it, it just, it seems a little silly to me. I take pictures of my dogs all the time. I have a bunch of pets, but um, I think there's... Capturing the, the, the human experience on this planet is just so interesting to me. And I think as I, I kind of grew as an actor and a photographer at the same time. And so my experience in, in, in both worlds is, 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 is getting to know the, the human underneath and almost like practicing this sort of empathy of, of putting myself in other people's shoes. And I'm able, I'm able to, to do that in, in photography. I think my favorite thing is, is when I'm, my favorite thing about photographing humans is the, even if it's just a, a couple split seconds of being able to, that, that, that I, am able to capture someone in a completely vulnerable state. And it's so hard. It's so hard to let yourself be vulnerable, but it's what I, it's my goal going into any shoot that I am able to capture just at least a few frames of that person completely letting their guard down and not, not caring about how they look and, um, able to just be present with me and I can, I can feel it, you know, it's the, the, the energy and that experience is very, um, it's, it's, uh, it's my favorite thing about photography. So it keeps me going back. Absolutely. Well, obviously you've built up an empathy for the other side of the camera, I guess, or the performative side of things from, from acting. So how much does your experiences in acting inform the way that, for example, that you direct when you're photographing people? Yeah. So I am very adamant on and, and, and living a, a story. I, I tell everyone that I photograph that it is, that I don't think it's their job to look good for the camera, that I think it's the model's job to have an experience and it's my job to capture it. 
Right. Um, I don't think, I don't think you can fake what I am trying to do. And it, and it's, it's why I'm drawn towards shooting, um, photographing performers instead of portraits for the everyday human necessarily. If that makes sense. I, I enjoy cultivating a space for an artist to work for another artist on the other side of the camera. And I, I think that does come from, from my, my acting it, in, in my experience, it, it seems like, um, the people that I photograph that aren't models or, or, or actors or, or something like that, while not a hundred percent of the time, um, most of the time they go into the photography session because they, they just want me to make them look good, you know? And, uh, and, and to me, that's just not what it's, what it's about. <laughs> I would rather, I would rather see those. I want to see those people, um, not care about what, what they look like. And I want to see them in their most vulnerable, um, mind mindset. And it's, I think it's, it, unless you practice that, then it's really, really hard to, to let yourself do that. Um, and I, I am able to, can, you know, I, I am able to give my clients that aren't models and actors a, a space to let themselves feel vulnerable if that's what they're interested in, in letting me capture. But um, for the most part, I have to have to go to to the 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 other artists, the artists on the other side of the on the other side of the camera. Well, it's a contrasting ar- argument I've heard from different people on the podcast, and it first come up. Uh, so I've only ever been to. I don't want to lie here, but I feel like I've only ever been to one workshop um, run by a photographer, and it was pretty much the person who I think, because I'm a wedding photographer, I think. Um, I'm a bit biased here, but I think they're the best wedding photographer in the world and in a way the best photographer in the world because of that for me. And one of the biggest tips that they gave was about matching energy. And when you're working with someone in front of the camera, you his interpretation was that you have to kind of be at their energy level, be at their enthusiasm level. And that, that way you kind of cultivate a relationship through energy. And I've spoken to other people who have said that you need to, as the photographer, you need to kind of lead by example. You need to have an energy level almost above or an enthusiasm above that of the subject. And in my experience, I actually find that not being as true, but I think it's down to the personality. And something I've seen a lot of um, with developing photographers is that they have a um, they have an idea of what they think a photographer is and they act in that manner, but it's not true to who they are as a person and it alienates the person that they're photographing. And because they're acting out of character, it doesn't come across as genuine and humans are very good, I think, at picking up on, I mean, other than California, I think humans are very good at picking up on genuine versus sort of staged personalities. So f- for you, are you trying to match the energy of the subject? Are you trying to like push them to be more positive and more enthusiastic, are, you know, are you going in like full teeth grinning or are you someone that's kind of happy to see how the subject is and work to their energy level? I think it, I think it depends on, well, so 
every every photo session that I have, I spend about ten, sometimes longer. I uh, ten ten to fifteen minutes just building rapport with my with 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 my subject, um, and I have this speech that I give, um, basically encouraging them to let themselves be real in front of the camera. And as far as matching energy levels and, and, and things like that, I think, yeah, absolutely. I, it, I, I think it is up to me to set the tone for the shoot. And if I am able to show them that I can be vulnerable with, with them, then I, and then in my experience, it's been much easier for them to let themselves just be themselves and not try to perform for the camera, uh, which is, you know, which is what I want. I, I don't, I don't want anyone to think that they have to perform. I want, them to uh let me see their soul <laughs> you know right. i want uh I, I want i want to be able to 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 capture those vulnerable moments but but i think that i i actually got really bored with photography at the beginning when i was i, I kind of moved from shooting natural light into the studio because i didn't see i really liked studio work and there wasn't a lot of great studio work in, in Texas. Um, and so I, I moved, I moved that way. And my focus was absolutely on like posing and making sure my lights were correct. And it was a hundred percent about manufacturing this perfect image. But, um, but I got, I got bored I got bored with it really quickly and not that I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm always a, a student of, of light, but once I felt confident enough in my ability to compose an image, then, then there, there was something missing. And I, I think it, 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 it was, it was that it, it was that I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't spending enough time on, on the human being. I was, I was, I was focused on the, on the end result instead of being, being present with the subject. Um, and, and now, I mean, that's, that's my favorite part. I'll, I'll do, I do as much as possible in camera and I spend as little time as possible on my computer. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather spend you know, I'd rather spend, spend three hours for just a few images, um, on set than I, than I would, you know, 10 minutes to grab an image and then spend the rest, spend the rest editing. Well, yeah. Editing is, I, I personally, it's just, it's been the hardest thing for me with photography is, is my disdain for editing. I can't stand it. Yeah. Um, and I can't stand sitting in front of a computer and I think the problem with editing is that there's so many interpretable variables that unless you are willing to draw a line in the sand, it's something that just is a never ending cycle. And for me, I have a 
I have, I, I always say self hatred is a great motivator, but it's not particularly great at helping you draw a line in the sand. And I continuously go in circles about whether or not an image is good enough. Have I ruined it? Has the editing done this? Has it done that? And it's, it's honestly the most miserable part of photography for me. And I've had to go through a little bit of a, uh, let's say a thing, because I don't really know how to describe it, but a bit of a mental thing for the last year to try and figure out what I want photography to be. And like like you said, it's not sitting in front of a computer for hours to get an image to look a certain way. That's not what I want to do photography for. I'm assuming based on the camera that you said that you picked up initially, that you haven't been shooting for a tremendous amount of time. How long have you actually been doing photography for? Uh, about three years. I'm getting very frustrated with this podcast. The amount of people I speak to who have significantly better work than me, who've been doing for a lot less time, it's becoming very irritating. No. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about subjects. Let's talk about models. Let's talk about people that are your um, photographing. What are the qualities of a, of a good subject for you? I mean, I, I feel like I've said vulnerability a hundred times already, but <laughs> it, I think being able to. If someone is willing to not care about the final image on on their side, some, sometimes I sometimes I'll work with people and they they are they are also trying to compose the final image, um, and to me. I, I think that 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 takes away from from the experience and and the magic that can happen if you are are able to uh, to, to let go. And so I think my my favorite people to photograph are, are the ones that really don't give a shit, you know, yeah. about uh, about how they look. They're they're willing to 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 try something new. They don't care about if they if they might look silly doing one thing or another they will just go for it um 150 percent and i any anytime i photograph i'm using a lot of a lot of movement i almost photograph like um i'm videotaping instead of instead of uh taking still photography and i encourage the subjects to do the same i i, I never really tell anyone to, to hold a pose or anything. <laughs> it's, uh, very constant. And, and so then it's, it's very much like a dance, um, because I'm, I'm, I'm moving around a lot and, uh, the subject is moving around a lot. And so my, my favorite people to, to photograph are the ones that are willing to let themselves have an experience there. And, and, you know, I think it can be, it can be very liberating to use the space instead of just to use the studio or use the, you know, the time, whatever, to make a pretty picture. I, I just think that's the easy part. I think making the pretty picture is the easy part. I think the, the hard part and the more interesting part to me is is, is, is the poetry of it all. Um, and, and like I said before, I don't think you can, I don't think you can fake it. So, um, I, I think. Well, my I, can I actually jump in there? Can I jump in there? Because if you've got yeah. this dance 
And and I, I I and also it's very funny when English people say dance to an American that say dance. I'm so I'm sorry about that. But uh, with this dance, the, the other side of it, and and you know, I've just I've got a, a wonderful friend who's a photographer, and he is very very much a fan of or not a fan, but he's he takes huge inspiration from photographers that do that that have that movement and that 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 freeness. Um, I don't even know really what the word is, but that kind of the life that's in the images where it's like, you know, there's lots of kinetic energy coming from both sides of the camera and sometimes it just misses by a mile, but when it hits, it hits harder than you could ever pose something. And watching him shoot, he's terrified to not be in control of the situation, to not be in control, like to not stop things and sort of micromanage posing or, or micromanage um expression and it completely goes against the end product that he's trying to get so the other side of the dance on your part as the photographer is it about sort of being free to take terrible photos in the process to lead to that moment when both sides connect and it's just like a step above you could ever get if you were being controlled and having a much higher hit rate yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, and, and on, on both sides. And I think that's something that I have to help convince my, the, the people that I model is that it's, it's okay to go through the stupid looks and stupid moves, you know, the things that are, are going to look awful, but it, it's okay to, to move through those. Um, because when I shoot it and when I say it's, and when I say it's like a dance, it's because I'm anticipating. I'm I'm always anticipating what they're going to do next. I'm not trying to. Um, it's not once I see something, I want to go back to it. I I when there is that rhythm happening, um, then I'm I'm able to start start to see what's going to happen next, and so I'm 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 catching those moments. Um, and anticipating when they, when they happen, just, just a split second. And yeah. And sometimes I do, I miss it, miss it by a mile. And, um, but, but I, yeah, I do, I do think it's, I do think it's worth it. I think, um, yeah. And anything, and it's something that another thing that I, I, I tell the people that I shoot with is, is to move as if it's move, like it's a game, like you're not allowed to stop moving. and if, if you, if you're continuing to do that and you're not stopping, you're never stopping to think, Oh, maybe I should put my leg here or maybe I should put my arm here. That would look good. Yep. If you, if you get rid of all of that and you're just constantly moving and exploring and, uh, then, then you are going to come up with far better quote unquote poses. I don't, I don't really ever use that term. I, I like to use the word actions instead, mm -hmm. but I, I, I'm going to capture far better poses than either of us could, could manufacture. If, if, if you are, if you're, if you're, if you're moving freely. And, and I think that's why I like fashion photography, because you can be <laughs> so weird, you know, mm -hmm. so expressive, like an interpretive dance and it, and it looks 
and it looks cool or you can do nothing or you can sit on the damn floor and <laughs> and stare up at the ceiling and if and if if it's real to you then it's going to be real to us you know it's going to be real to whoever is is looking at at the um at the picture well, I feel bad for doing this to the people listening because I'm about to, I'm going to do it to you here as well. And unfortunately it's going to work on me, but it's like conscious breathing, right? Like if I point out that you're breathing, you become aware of it. You are then unable to do it without thinking about it. And when you take over someone's motion, you take over their, their posing, their fluidity, the actions that they're doing, they're not going to fall the same way. It's not going to look the same way. It's not going to convey. And Again, humans are psychopathically strange at picking up on body language when it looks unnatural, even to like the smallest degree. It's, it's just a fascinating thing that when you take control of the posing too much, I think it just it lets down not only the, the end product, but it also takes away from the skill set and, and the personality of the person being photographed in the way that they hold themselves. You can't put the same... Uh, to sound profoundly English here, but you can't stick the same rod up everybody's ass and expect them to be the same height. You know, it's there's you've got to understand that different people are different and you've got to enjoy it. You've got to enjoy that sometimes you're going to work with someone that's going to push you in a direction that you wouldn't normally shoot in a certain way. And then there's going to be other people that are exactly perfect for the way that you shoot, that it's going to be easier than shooting fish in a barrel. And that's the fun of photography. That's why you photograph people for the challenge in between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, it, it, it's funny because it, I think some of the, the subjects that have been hardest for me to photograph are the models that have been working for a very, very long time and, and know, you know, they, they know what looks good. And so it's really hard for me to convince them that they are going to look good no matter what they do. Um, and the just, to just to just play and 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 you're right i i don't ever want anyone to feel like they're posing so yep. if i'm if i'm talking about posing at all then that's you know then then it is it's it, it, it then it becomes more presentational to me and and that's not and that's just not what i'm uh what i'm interested in you know it's just not satisfying to me as an artist i suppose to to do that and, and and i think that that i think that comes from the fact that it is especially with the you know the technology that we have now it, it's it's a little bit easier to make something that looks really cool yeah so then i, I don't want it I, then i want it to feel i want it to feel cool. i want to be able to feel something when i look at a, an image you know uh, that's the thing, right? No there is something is. specifically about the digital age of art that has taken away the feel. You know, you hear the same thing from, I, I used to be in music myself. Um, you see it with photography, you see it with movies. There's something about the digital process of making something that has turned it into a little bit of a soulless thing. And I don't want to sound like a hipster because I shoot digital. Um, and I think it's more about the, the the process on which you are recording the art that you're making. So like whatever medium you're recording to tends to inform you on how you should behave. If you're recording something to tape or to film, you are kind of more okay with the warts and all approach of 
there being little imperfections and there being things that don't exactly make it perfect, but they make it perfect for the moment. And it becomes more of about the moment it was recorded in, the moment it was photographed in. Whereas with digital, it feels like you can always go back and go over those um, those indiscretions over and over again until they're gone. And it takes all of the feeling out of what you're creating to make something that's like clinically fine, but not in any way serving. I mean, this sounds like the most pretentious shit, but it's not serving to the soul. It's not something that really speaks to anybody. It's just people will say, yep, that looks cleanly done. That looks technically correct. Well done. And then they double tap and they scroll on or they flick to the next song or whatever. It, it doesn't have any connection with the person that actually receives the art at the end of the, of the process. I think we really, I think we're all very attracted to vulnerability, but we're so afraid to let ourselves be vulnerable. Um, and I'm going to keep running that word into the ground (laughs) (laughs) until I find a, until I find a better one. (laughs) But, um, one of my, one of my biggest inspirations is, is Peter Lindbergh. And, um, he, what I, what I liked about what he did with photography is, is he did, he put a, he put a focus on, the human experience, uh, and the, and the human over the, the, the product. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I thought that was, and I thought that's wonderful. And what, what I think he did that people want to see that, you know, it, he, cause he, he was notorious for, you know, like no makeup and no editing and, and things like that. And people ate that shit up. You know, they, they loved it. And we all thought before that, that it it had to be, we're we're trying to manufacture something perfect because we thought that's what people were more attracted to. And he he kind of, I I think he kind of turned that on its, on its head. And, and I, and I see it in the people that I photograph, you know, um, I've heard so many times that from, from the people that I photographed that I've never had an experience like that. They'll say like, Oh, that felt really good. I felt like I could just play, you know, I, I felt like I could just do whatever. I felt completely comfortable to do that here. And I'd never no no photographer had ever talked to me like that. Like gave me a, you know, set that gave me a, a speech, you know, like, like you did beforehand to, to, to set the, set the stage and set the goal for, for what we were trying to do. And, 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 and to me, especially since I've, I've started shooting that way, the, the response that I get from, from my, my fans, um, is, 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 is really remarkable, you know? And so I think it's, it, it isn't true that you, that it has to be, that it has to be perfect. And, and I, I think people are getting, we're, we're in, we are, I think we're, we're in this little like period with, with art on a lot of different levels where, where people need it to be, are trying to control it, uh, to, to be, to be 
perfect. And um, I, I, I think, I don't think people are going to last very long with that because I, I just don't think it's, it's satisfying to, to anybody. It's not very satisfying to look at. And I think that's kind of across the board. You might not know exactly what it is uh, that makes it feel off, but, um, but I, I think, I think people will hopefully <laughs> my, my hope for humanity is that, <laughs> is that people won't um, yeah, won't, won't won't buy into it for for too long so let's let's move on from the subjects let's talk about you um and your website in particular so i'm currently in the process i i I had a a good old-fashioned mental breakdown with my work destroyed everything started again from scratch which i think is the second time i've done that and stripped my website back and i'm completely rebuilding my website rebuilding the way that my portfolio is seen and the hardest part for me at the moment is figuring out the way to section the work that I do. And I guess this is more just for me, so I understand where you're coming from. But I feel like this is something that people maybe don't talk about um, or don't think to talk about. But it's quite an interesting approach, really. So your, your portfolio is broken down into three groups, which is on your website is studio, natural and headshots. So what's the thinking behind breaking it down that way? Um, well, I might change that, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, and, and I haven't, because I haven't figured out a better way to, to, to separate them, but I did want, I did, I wanted there to be a distinction in my, my work that's in studio and my natural light work. And so that was, those, those were the two that I just had for um, for a while. And I, and I think there's just, um, um, part of it is, is for different kinds of clients. Um, a client might want to know what my studio work looks like versus what, um, if they wanted to shoot something naturalized. Now, I, it's interesting that I, most of the work that I book, doesn't look anything like what I advertise. Um, and I haven't figured out why <laughs> these people book me. Um, and, and I, 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 I guess that's sort of Texas. Everything is very commercial. It doesn't look like the editorial style that I really like to shoot. That's right. more New York, you know? Um, but and and so I I don't even advertise that, and that's that is you know the vast majority of the work that I that I get is um, is in the commercial realm. But um, but yeah, I, I think you know just uh, as very basic note, just separating the two, it, because to me they they feel completely different. The studio work that I like to do is very moody and dark and. Um, you know, there, I, I use a lot of shadows and then, uh, my natural light stuff is, is, um, a lot, a lot brighter. And then, and then the headshots, um, I guess just since I'm an actor, I, I, I have a separate, you know, people want a specific kind of headshot. And so I just want to show exactly I want them to know exactly what they're going to get uh, when they book me for 
for a headshot. I mean, you mentioned there about your shadows on your studio work, and it's it's something that I've got in terms of your style. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of. There needs to be a black point in the image. I don't like sort of images that are just non-contrasty, very in the middle, very inoffensive. I like for something like that for a decision to be made. And I do like a good strong black point, deep shadows. I think it adds a lot of mood. And and like you said, there there is a, a real contrast between your studio work and your your natural work in the, or your outdoor work or however we're defining it, in the sense that it looks like you're in a much better mood. When you're outdoors and then when you're in a studio, you're in a much, you, you can be in maybe in a bit more of a fierce mood. Sure. I, have, I have to ask, uh, are you doing your own retouching? Because I know obviously we've already talked about not enjoying it. Uh, I am. I have worked with a few retouchers and I haven't found the right fit yet um, for the, a lot of the retouchers that I work with seem to want to really really retouch um the the (laughs) images and i haven't been able to convince anyone (laughs) not to do that um and so it's it the couple times that i've tried or i've tried about four times with four different uh, retouchers that i have reached out to and uh, it seems to instead just be more work going back and forth than it would just to do the retouching myself. I think also because the retouching that I do is I I try to more so now I used to do a lot more and, and now the retouching that I, that I like where I'm happy with it is, is very, very minimal. And one thing I always do find fascinating with photography, um, especially people like yourself who I don't think there are that many photographers that are particularly good at black and white. I think a lot of photographers, and maybe this is just where I'm coming from the wedding world, but it feels like a lot of photographers tend to make an image black and white when they just can't get it right color-wise and they just kind of make it black and white and they think that that's a sort of fix-all solution to an image that's just not quite working. With you, you really know, and I I tend to not like photographers, this sounds a bit bitchy, but I tend to not really like photographers (laughs) that that don't do a lot of black and white and are certainly not good at it. Um, with yourself, really punchy black and whites, but there's still that clarity, there's the contrast, but there's still the detail. It's, it's great. Um, what informs you that an image is a black and white image compared to a, a color image? Actually, I preview all of my images in black and white on the Fuji while I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even when I send all of the proofs all of the previews to my clients i send them all in black and white and so i prefer them to be in black and white and i'll only turn them to color (laughs) if someone really wants color very reluctantly i guess yeah and I, i i like color i like experimenting with color but um and and i you know it does depend on the image but i think the vast majority of of the images that I think black and white, it's easier to, it's, you're just not distracted by the color. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of information there. And so if it's in black and white, then I I think the, the attention and the focus goes on to the, 
goes more into the, uh, the, the subject and what's going on in their head, you know, when that, that photo was taken, taken and, um, yeah. And I, I think, I think color while very pretty can just, can just be distracting, um, to, for that. I also think that like, as time goes on, you're more likely to look back at your color work and, and want to have done it differently. Like your taste will change a lot more with color works than it will with, with black and white. I feel like black and white, I think, I know a lot of people say it's like timeless, which is, it depends on the image. I mean, it, there's a lot of, I have like, uh, like a blind hatred for things that date a photo. So I really can't stand modern cars. I really can't stand mobile phones. It's like, obviously this is more of a wedding thing, but I can't stand them appearing in photos because it really dates an image, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. now to a time when I, I don't really like, you know, the time that we're living in. So I guess that's an issue as well. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I, I shoot, when I shoot on, on digital, I shoot everything in black and white on the camera and I, I, I'm previewing everything in black and white purely because I'm focusing on composition, shadows and highlights and everything else can kind of fuck off and not distract me yep. while I'm focusing on what I'm doing. You've mentioned Fuji a couple of times now. Today is a new camera day for me and this is definitely not sponsored by Fuji. My bank account can assure you of that, but I'm a Sony shooter, but today I actually took delivery of a camera I've wanted for quite a while, which is a Fuji X-Pro3. I'm very excited to have gotten that. And I'm literally just giving myself a bit of a, a hype here for the fact that I finally got one. Um, wh- what are you using in the way of gear? What are your, what are your, what are your lenses? What is your camera? A new camera day. That's exciting. That's exciting. I just upgraded to the, to the Fuji GFX um, 100s wow uh, the medium format and it is a beast um i really wanted i had the xt4 before that i still have it that's what i use for my video any video work that i do mm-hmm. um but the G, I, I wanted to hate the gf the, the 100s <laughs> I, I really did because it was so <laughs> expensive um but I, I was, I was just really, I was blown away by by the depth that I could get out of that, out of the medium four. And I kind of skipped a step, you know, the, the XT4 is, is a, is a cropped, um, cropped sensor. And so I I skipped the full frame and went straight to the, to the medium format. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the image quality is, I, I will never shoot. <laughs> I love that XT4 and I shot on it forever. I will never shoot on that. I'll never shoot stills on that again. Um, because, uh, yeah, that the, the 100 S is, is, is excellent. I use, um, I mostly use the, uh, 80 millimeter, um, 1.7 with the, with the GFX. Wow. So that's a hell of a setup. My go-to. It's yeah. Yeah. My hand hurts. It's, <laughs> it's a lot bigger than my other <laughs> camera. I'm like cramping in one of my fingers of for, for a while. I haven't gotten used to it because my other camera, I could hold with one hand, you know? Um, yeah. and this one, it's, it's a two hander. It's definitely a two hander. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I was uh, diagnosed with arthritis a few years ago and, um, I, I was talking to someone a, a couple of days ago about, um, the, the GFX cameras and they said, Oh, have you ever thought about it? And it's like, honestly, 
I don't know if I'd be physically able to use one for extended periods of time without just being in agony. And they honestly thought I was joking. And having used uh, very briefly a, I think it's the 50S that I used. Mm-hmm. I wasn't joking. Like it's, that's a hell of a camera that you're, you're holding on to a lot of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's definitely taking, it's, it, it's a lot to get used to. Uh, Absolutely. The XT4 is tiny. It's almost like people use it for, for travel yeah. cameras. You yeah, know? I had, I had XT3s uh, and it's like you could put three or four in a bag that you could yeah. only get two full frames in and they would there would be room for them to rattle. I mean, they are very small cameras. They're great for the, for the size and everything. They're fantastic cameras. It's just they are very small. They're so small, in fact, that you almost have to have a grip with them to make them more manageable if you have bigger hands because they're almost too small. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, I bought the battery grip for when I worked in, in studio, um, for the XT4. So you've mentioned a couple of times there about motion doing video work. We're, we're about to wrap up and I really do appreciate how much time you've taken for this. Um, is, is the motion side of things is the, is the video work something you just organically went into as a sort of a side part of what you're doing with the photos or are you looking to do something more with the with the video side would you like to do more video work or is it something that you kind of do reluctantly what's what's the video work doing for you yeah i so i didn't really get into any video work until i got until i upgraded to the xt4 and that camera um I just, I've always had Fuji's before that. And this was the first one that had Ibis. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, and, and it also shot, it shoots at 240 frames if I want it. So it makes really gorgeous video that I'd never been able to play with before. And so, uh, when I got that camera, I started experimenting with, with some video work and, and I, I like it. Um, I like the, it was a pretty natural transition, especially because I I shoot the way I shoot my still photography is so much, I could be recording the whole thing and it would, it would almost look exactly the same. You wouldn't be able to tell if I was taking besides seeing the flashes go off in studio, but you wouldn't be able to tell that I was taking still photography. I, um, you, you would think I was, I was taking, taking a video. And so, um, I just took that same, you know, that, that same attitude and just recorded some things instead. And I think now, um, what I want to do is, is be able to mix the two. I mean, I really like, I really like seeing that movement anyway. And, um, and a lot of my, a lot of my clients want, wanted video also. And so it kind of, you know, that, that did force me to learn how to do a few things with it. So I'm able to offer it. But, um, as far as like the, as far as the fashion, the fashion work and things like that, um, I, I, I do, I do really like being able to, you know, to, to capture a full, a full motion of things right along with taking the taking the still images so just this past uh i've i got this um i got the gfx 
about a month ago. And so ever since I've had that, I'll use, I use the GFX for my still photography and every session I, I do, I do the stills on that. And then I use the XT4 for some video as well. And so I'm, I'm trying to do that with every, every shoot that I do. So this is always the hardest question. This is our last question. And this is always the hardest one for people that, that photograph like fashion or portraits or anything like that. I find this is the question that they have the most trouble answering. So I've, I've let you warm up plenty and then we get to this and I'll see whether or not you are going to dance around it and avoid it or if you're going to be able to, to give me a definitive answer. If you could have one person and we'll, we'll take sentimentality out of the way. So, you know, we'll, we'll remove like family and stuff from the equation, but who would be your ideal subject right now? If I said to you, I can book you any one person in the world you get to do an editorial with, you get to do a shoot with, you get to do some motions, some stills, who are you picking? Ooh, it's <laughs> a hard one. Um, it reminds me, did you ever, did you ever have like Napster or LimeWire? Yeah. Any of the music download it. And when you first download it, you have, you have this idea that you're, you're just going to <laughs> download all the things and, and then you can't think of a single one. Yep. Um, I, I would actually love to photograph someone like Meryl Streep. I right. Think. Yeah. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very strange for me to get a straight answer like that. And I, I think I would gear towards an actor because then I could in a perfect world, I, I would love to, I love to just be able to talk story with uh-huh. a, with a person. And I feel like an actor like that um is someone that is that works <laughs> their entire life to be able to let themselves just be in the story and not not feel like they have to present something and, and that's the that's kind of the, the quality that that i that i that i look up to um so yeah being able to to work with someone whose whose profession and vocation is to let themselves be my favorite word <laughs> let themselves be vulnerable <laughs> with me then um yeah then that would just be there's just so much there's so much depth i mean, i think even with you know even with a lot of the favorite my favorite models there's they are you know, they're very, they are very, very reluctant to let themselves feel anything. It is, I am able, I am able to extract a few real moments where I, I get to see what's, how they really feel. Uh-huh. Um, but, but it's not necessarily something that they're interested in. Not all of them, but for for the most part, it's not really something they're not interested in in emotion or um, or or that that kind of you know that that kind of experience. Um, but but an actor is that you know that that's that's the meat you know that that's the meat for them. That's that that's what um, 
um, their that's their goal going into any any time they work um, is is to be able to. And I'm I'm not speaking for <laughs> every actor, but uh, my all of my favorites they are going into work. They're going into a, a play or a movie or whatever it is with the goal of, of releasing themselves to the, to, to the story and it not being about them. Um, and, and I, I just find that, I just find that fascinating. So being able to take, take pictures of, of someone like that would be a dream come true. Sure. Well, I definitely appreciate you being vulnerable for this uh for this podcast and giving me a lot of nice honesty. see what i did there i helped you out i, I said it once so now it's it's yeah, both of us thank you i do appreciate you taking the time to do this i, I really do i know it's uh there's better things to be doing than listening to an english person try and speak their own language which most of us struggle with so the most important thing with this as i mentioned to you before we start is I want as many people as possible to like the things that I like so I become my own algorithm and then more of what I like appears and I'm almost a self-fulfilling prophecy of selfishness. Uh, so to do that, I need you to tell people where they can go to find all of your amazing work. So Instagram, website, where do you want people to go? Yeah, uh, my website is, uh, my last name is caballeropictures.com uh, and uh, my Instagram is also caballeropictures. Uh, I'm going to speak completely candidly here about especially what I know of people in the UK. Mm -hmm. I would definitely spell Caballero for people so they can find it for sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Uh, <laughs> Caballero Pictures is C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O pictures.com. And uh, Instagram is the same. C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O pictures. If you do ever get the chance, watch um, an English, I think you guys call it the Premier League, but it's the Premier League. Uh, watch the mm -hmm. way, watch, watch a, a match from English football and then just wait for someone with an even remotely foreign sounding name to come on and listen to the way that the commentators pronounce their name. It's always hilarious. We, <laughs> we play with foreign language the same way that America played with the metric system, which was like, extremely reluctantly and then we just did whatever we wanted straight away anyway so <laughs> i really do appreciate you taking the time to do this i can't tell you how much uh, of a, a privilege it is for me to have so many fantastic people that are willing to give up their time and talk about what they do i really do appreciate it thank you so much thanks so much for having me chris it was a pleasure <laughs>